You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. We're reading the Bible like you'd have a conversation so that we can find our next best yes in our relationship with God. George Washington Carver, the man you may remember from junior high as having something to do with peanuts, shared a fascinating story about how his relationship with peanuts became what it was. Carver was a scientist tasked with the responsibility of trying to restore the land in the American South after it had been drained of nutrients after generations of cotton farming. He discovered that if you put crops on a rotation, cotton for a few seasons and then peanuts for a few seasons, the crops would absorb and replace certain nutrients so that the soil would always be ready for the next rotation. Well, the South's first peanut crops grew so well They developed a surplus, and the rest of the country simply didn't eat enough peanuts to keep up with the harvest. There were hundreds of uses for cotton, but but peanuts? Oh, people weren't really interested. So before George Washington Carver went to his lab, he went on a walk with God. He said, God, why did you create the universe? God told him that would be too big of a question. He wouldn't understand that. So ask a smaller question. Okay, so uh, God, why... Did you create me? You know, still too big of a question. Go smaller. And then, no doubt, still with the South's agricultural issues on his mind, he said, well, how about the peanut? Why did you create something as small as the peanut? God told him, now that's a question you can find the answer to. Go to your lab, separate a peanut into its basic parts, and see what they can do. So he did. And as he explored the shell, the fats, the oils, and how they were affected by temperature and pressure, he discovered over 300 uses for peanuts, from new recipes to soaps, cosmetics, dyes, and even explosives. After presenting his findings to the Board of Agriculture, the demand for peanuts went up and the South had a booming industry again. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are buried throughout God's creation. This book of Proverbs shows us a number of glimpses, and it itself challenges us to find more. So let's check it out in Proverbs 25 through 27. These also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the hearts of kings are unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and material comes out for the refiner. Take away the wicked from the king's presence, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Don't exalt yourself in the presence of a king or claim a place among great men, for it's better that it be said to you, come on up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. Don't be hasty in bringing charges to court. What will you do in the end when your neighbor shames you? Debate your case with your neighbor and don't betray the confidence of another. 
lest one who hears it put you to shame and your bad reputation never depart. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover to an obedient ear. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. As clouds and wind without rain, so is he who boasts of gifts deceptively. By patience a ruler is persuaded, a soft tongue breaks the bone. Have you found honey? Eat as much as is sufficient for you, lest you eat too much and vomit it. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he be weary of you and hate you. A man who gives false testimony against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, or a sharp arrow. Confidence in someone unfaithful in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a lame foot. As one who takes away a garment in cold weather or vinegar on soda, so is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink, for you'll heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The north wind produces rain, so a backbiting tongue brings an angry face. It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than to share a house with a contentious woman. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Like a muddied spring and a polluted well, so is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. It's not good to eat much honey, nor is it honorable to seek one's own honor. Like a city that's broken down and without walls is a man whose spirit is without restraint. Proverbs 26. Like snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a fluttering sparrow, like a darting swallow, so the undeserved curse doesn't come to rest. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And can I pause here real quick just to address the fact that these two verses sound like they completely contradict each other? Like, what's going on? Verse 4, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. And verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. What's going on here? Well, they're not contradicting each other. They're showing us that this wisdom is situational. There are times when you need to address a fool lest he be wise in his own eyes and cause more damage, and you can correct him so that he's no longer a fool. There are also times when it's not appropriate to answer a fool in his folly and to engage in those conversations and try to argue with him on his terms. Otherwise, you end up just like him. How do you know the difference between the two situations and what the result might be? Well, that takes more wisdom, (laughs) and maybe that's just the point. So I'll move on here. I just wanted to stop and address those two things because right back to back, they sound like they contradict. And so instead of our first reaction being, well, look, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it's it's not contradicting itself anywhere, let alone back to back verses. It is showing us that to apply our wisdom wisely, we may need more wisdom. Sounds overwhelming, but remember, God is the source of wisdom. Ask him for help and he'll grant it. We can navigate these tricky situations 
with his wisdom in our life. All right, let's keep going. One who sends a message by the hand of a fool is cutting off feet and drinking violence. Like the legs of the lame that hang loose, so is a parable in the mouth of a fool. As one who binds a stone in a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn bush that goes into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. As an archer who wounds all, so is he who hires a fool, or he who hires those who pass by. As a dog that returns to its vomit, so is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. The sluggard says, There's a lion in the road. A fierce lion roams the streets. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who answer with discretion. Like one who grabs a dog's ears is one who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own. Like a madman who shoots torches, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Oh, am I not joking? For lack of wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As coals are to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindling strife. The words of a whisperer are as dainty morsels, they go down to the innermost parts. Like silver dross on an earthen vessel are the lips of a fervent one with an evil heart. A malicious man disguises himself with his lips, but he harbors evil in his heart. When his speech is charming, don't believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. His malice may be concealed by deception, but his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit shall fall into it. Whoever rolls a stone, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs 27 Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. A stone is heavy, and sand is a burden, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Wrath is cruel, and anger is overwhelming, but who's able to stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. The wounds of a friend are faithful, although the kisses of an enemy are profuse. A full soul loathes a honeycomb. But to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. As a bird that wanders from her nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. So does earnest counsel from a man's friend. Don't forsake your friend and your father's friend. Don't go to your brother's house in the day of your disaster. A neighbor who is near is better than a distant brother. Be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. Then I can answer my tormentor. A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple pass on and suffer for it. Take his garment when he puts up collateral for a stranger. Hold it for a wayward woman. He who blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse by him. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a contentious wife are alike. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or like grasping oil in his right hand. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend's countenance. 
Whoever tends the fig tree shall eat its fruit. He who looks after his master shall be honored. Like water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and a man's eyes are never satisfied. The crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, but man is refined by his praise. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with grain, yet his foolishness will not be removed from him. Know well the state of your flocks, and pay attention to your herds. For riches are not forever, nor does the crown endure to all generations. The hay is removed and the new growth appears. The grasses of the hills are gathered in. The lambs are for your clothing, and the goats are the price of a field. There will be plenty of goat's milk for your food, for your family's food, and for the nourishment of your servant girls. God has hidden wisdom throughout creation. That's one of the privileges of being a creator. Our privilege is to discover what God has hidden. There's more knowledge, more wisdom, more understanding than you could ever discover in your lifetime. But what you do discover can change your life and the lives of those around you. If you feel stuck, bored, or hopeless, make a point to be more curious. Ask questions. Ask why. Dig deeper. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Outlawed Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.